The opinions expressed on this WebmasterRadio.fm program are those of the host, guests, and callers, and do not reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of WebmasterRadio.fm. Any rebroadcast or retransmission of this program without the express written consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Landing page optimization expert Tim Ash is here to show you what it takes to create optimal landing pages. LPO brings you detailed case studies, opinions, and analysis from the leaders of landing page optimization. Now here's your host, Tim Ash. Welcome to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. I'm your host, Tim Ash from SiteTuners, and this week uh, on the tail end of eMetrics in Washington, D.C., we're recording this show with my friend Brooks Bell from Brooks Bell Interactive. Uh, Brooks, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Tim. Uh, you have a kind of, a, I'd say, an unusual background in the world of internet marketing. Uh, it was actually post the millennium that you graduated from college and you have this very successful conversion improvement agency running. You have some top clients. Do you want to tell us a little bit about uh, your background and uh, how this all came about? Sure. I'm uh, the president of Brooks Bell Interactive, and we design landing pages and emails for A-B tests, and we work with Chase Bank, Wall Street Journal, XM Radio, AARP, Citrix, and, and a few more. And, um, and how I got into this, um, I guess a lot of people ask me how long I've been doing this and whether or not I worked at an, at an ad agency before, and actually... I, it all started when I was a junior at Duke University, and I was a psychology major. And I had almost gone into graphic design as a career, but um, kind of I was originally from Alaska, so uh, I thought being uh, from Alaska, there was a lot out in, in the in the world that I wasn't familiar with, and so but I was a little bit artistic and had a degree in psychology. Kind of fell into doing website design and founded a, a company called Novel Projects, which is a local standard boutique website company, and uh, co-founded it with my boyfriend at the time, who's now my husband, and he was a philosophy major. And uh, he learned to program, I learned to design, and uh, we were reasonably successful in, in, the, uh, in the South. Then uh, we had an opportunity with AOL, where AOL called me and uh, at the time, this was back in maybe 2003, 2002, 2003, and they were selling uh, dial-up. And I'm sure you remember all of those awful, awful pop-ups that were, you know, hawking thousand hours free, no credit card required, sign up now. And oh, all of, yeah. You know, <laughs> and yeah, I have a billion the- of their CDs as well that are make really good coasters, by the way. Yep, yep, totally. Yeah, they, it was just as, as gaudy online. And they were extremely data-driven, very, very performance-oriented. They tested everything. They had an unlimited amount of traffic and had a full testing analytics um, group. They had an integrated IT group right into the, into the marketing team, and they were just built for testing. And their model at the time was to reach out to uh, tiny agencies uh, to get them uh, to compete against each other to beat the control. And so I was one of those agencies, um, and they gave me. Um, they said, "Give us some pop-ups, and we'll throw it into our into our testing grid." And I did, and one of them beat the control. 
and I had no idea why, but I was very happy about it. And <laughs> <laughs> it, it became the control for a year, actually, and no one else could beat it um, until I did uh, a while later. But um, but then you know, they gave me some other opportunities, some more pop-ups, and um, and then that went that expanded to landing pages, and then registration paths. And two years later, I had um, personally redesigned every single marketing um, uh, element um, in 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 within all of their their uh, their online marketing campaigns. That's well, that's kind of unusual. Uh, where where you have a company like AOL, you know, big elephant dancing with a mosquito. You know, it's just uh, how, this is just a, a standard program they had where they would work with smaller agencies. Yeah, yeah. They um, eventually they consolidated down to my agency and a couple more. Uh, but yeah, that was their model because they just needed creative and they needed they wanted fresh ideas and they were. Totally, one hundred percent driven by the performance. Of course, that was that did some damage to their brand, as we all know. But um, mm-hmm. but it was a great learning ground. Well, let's talk about it. One of the things you mentioned is that your the methodology that you use is primarily just well, I don't mean just, but it's split testing as mm-hmm. opposed to multivariate testing. Yes. Um, can you tell me why you you like that approach? Um, it's mainly because all of my comp- my clients are all very large and. They are just now getting into testing, and their their culture is very brand focused, and they are not usually data driven, and it's just a, such a brand new thought to them. Just the thought of having a control and trying to beat it is is so fundamental that they just aren't ready for multivariate testing. I, I look at multivariate testing as sort of phase two testing. Uh, that first you need to start establishing a good, good testing process, a testing culture, and a testing rhythm before you can really graduate into multivariate testing. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's a lot that can be done with uh, split testing. And, you know, I'm often asked, you know, well, isn't multivariates more complicated? You can test more ideas at once. So isn't it better? And my answer is, is usually no. I mean, you know, you can do a lot with split testing. And also, there's a kind of a two-step approach. Like you say, you can do very radical different concepts in a split test and then refine the messaging headlines and call to action and the different elements within the winning version mm-hmm. via follow-up multivariate test. Exactly. And I, I think one of the challenges with multivariate testing is really coming up with solid hypotheses. And, I mean, people get really excited about the tool, and that's obviously um, a very exciting part of it, but I think they fall down uh, when because they have so many options, they don't even know where to start, and they have a hard time selecting what to test. And I, I think that A/B testing really kind of puts you in that mindset, gives you lots of ideas, and helps you, you know, make the most of, of your multivariate test. Yeah, one of the advantages of of, a, uh, of split testing is that you can have things that are very similar to your current control or baseline and at the same time throw in completely radical redesigns that are along very different lines. So you can, on one version, just change the headline. On the other one, just completely have a redesigned page, and they're both in the same test trying to beat the original. Mm -hmm. So it allows you to kind of control for that risk tolerance or how wild you're willing to get in the test. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, uh, so from AOL, it kind of uh, graduated to other larger clients. Uh, yep, yep. They, um, I started real after I've been working with AOL for AOL for a while, and um, it I grew through word of mouth as AOL employees moved on to other organizations. They usually brought me with them, and that was how I got my next couple of clients. But also when I um, 
moved moved beyond AOL, I discovered that not any other company was like AOL, and that most of them were not testing, and uh, and that this this approach, which seemed so normal to me, was was actually you know very cutting edge to other in terms of other companies, and so I realized that there was an opportunity to um, position around that. We realized I realized we knew how to do it, and um, and could bring some really unique value uh, to to other large companies. Well, let's let's switch gears for a minute and talk a little bit about kind of the how you navigate the larger the politics of larger companies because uh, there's so many stakeholders in a in a typical landing page test. There's the marketing people, the financial people, the people driving the traffic, and the web designers, maybe outside agencies. So, how, you know, how do you make it work politically and get everybody to get along? Well, I don't. I don't know if that's a challenge that we have completely mastered yet. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know. I, I applaud anyone who who has. Uh, I think that I, I think it all rolls down to data. If you once you have gotten past the first test and have won it and shown those results, results give you the power that you need to, to be able to navigate that. I, I think it's. I think it's just starting getting that first good solid test and those solid results, and then. Um, and then that that will that's what you need in order to have any sort of political say in, in the other uh, silos. So basically, money talks and bullshit walks. If you give them, a, <laughs> if you make them money in the first test, then they'll sign you up for more. Exactly. Great. Uh, well, we're gonna be taking a, a short break here, but when we come back, I want to know how somebody can be a state champion skier and then get cut from the ski team. <laughs> okay. All very interesting stuff. Um, this is your host, Tim Ash, for LPO, Landing Page Optimization, and we'll be right back after a few words from our sponsors on Webmaster Radio. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization, in just a moment. Hey, this is Danny Sullivan to talk to you about Bruce Clay Incorporated. They've made Inc. Magazine's list of growing private businesses and have exhibited and sponsored at my conferences since the very beginning. You've seen their search engine relationship chart or you've read their SEO code of ethics, so you know they're SEO experts. But did you know they can help you with PVC, web analytics, web design, marketing strategy, promotion, and branding? Yep, get everything you need for success in the online marketplace. You can check it out from the professionals at Bruce Clay Incorporated. For over 10 years with offices worldwide, they've got the answers you need. Check them out today. Are you happy with your landing page performance? Discover how to improve your landing page performance with ConversionCritic.com. Brought to you by Engine Ready. Turn your underperforming landing pages into cost-effective sales-producing machines. Be sure you're not wasting your precious PPC budget. Conversion Critic Tools give you the ingredients to create high converting landing pages. You don't have to be an expert to use Engine Ready's Conversion Critic Tools, but you'll feel like a landing page pro. Take the guesswork out of increasing your conversion rate. Visit conversioncritic.com and boost your conversion rate for free. That's www.conversioncritic.com. 
Does your website need a bailout? Looking for a conversion rate stimulus package? Do you need a website improvement to-do list? On Target, a subscription service from Future Now and Brian Eisenberg monitors your website 24-7, analyzing the actions of every potential customer. It gives you a to-do list. It tells you exactly what to fix and how to fix it so that more of your visitors do what you need them to do. On Target pricing starts at $1,000 a month. See more at futurenowinc.com slash on target. I'm Brian Eisenberg, and I approve this message. Ready to learn to be a mass marketing mastermind? Take some notes from the godfathers of mass distribution. Inbox, Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. Welcome back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Brooks Bell from Brooks Bell Interactive. And Brooks, I understand that at one point you were competing for the state championship in downhill skiing, and pretty soon after, actually got cut from the cross country ski team. How does that work? <laughs> Well, I, I think that uh, I'm from Alaska, and so uh, I did every winter sport there was uh, as, a, as a kid and uh, was pretty good at skiing. Uh, did get, get to go to the championship in, in junior, Juno. I was on the ski team and, uh, and you know, did reasonably well. And uh, then shortly thereafter switched to snowboarding. Then, uh, but, you know, every all snow sports were... were you know, or something that every every teenager and, and a child did, and so I, had, I joined the cross country ski team when I was a junior. Uh, got kicked off because I was trying to graduate a year early, and I was trying to do this with ten other classes, and also it didn't hurt that I happened to be the slowest skier in the entire city. So I, <laughs> I think the, re, the 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 what I learned is that gravity is is really the the key element. Without gravity, I'm I'm really pretty pretty worthless. Well, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think when you're young, like you are, uh, you think gravity is your friend. As you get older, you realize it's not the case. <laughs> uh, well, well, well. Back to um, our discussion of, of uh, landing page testing. So, um, do you uh, have to accommodate uh, kind of political elements in terms of your selection of what to test? How much autonomy are you given by these companies? It varies by each company. Uh, it's it's all about building trust. I think that at the beginning, when we are trying to build trust, we, you know, it's a very collaborative thing, and we're just trying to, you know, it's important that we beat the control, and so we are looking for low-hanging fruit. As our relationship with our clients continues to improve and, and we build that trust, then we're given much more leverage um, to, to, to be creative. I think we're, you know, it's all about I think the, the real creativity comes when you know when we can um, when we have a really deep understanding of their strategy and and with the, their customer, and uh, that's when you can come up with some really you know really exciting new angles and um, strategies that have never been tried before and have a lot of uh, potential upside. So you basically have to earn your longer leash. You're right. We do have to earn a longer leash at, at the beginning of our of our client relationships. It's all about building trust. And so what we usually try to focus on is low-hanging fruit uh, and really trying to, to show some results. 
And so once we have shown some results, we, you know, the, the leash gets longer and we have more trust and we can start to really look for those, those more elusive opportunities that they start to see once you have a better understanding of your client, of their audience, of the product, and, um, and can come up with some really great creative ways to, to, uh, you know, to, to identify new prop value propositions and, and layouts that are still in line with the client's uh, client's needs and strategy, but is uh, is a new way of looking at things. Okay, well let's let's talk about that in terms of uh, you know generating really different ideas um, and getting really creative. Um, one of the things that I've noticed and I talk about as a common theme is that uh, at least traditional interactive or creative agencies actually do their clients a big disservice. Um, they're bored. They try to make the landing pages and websites as flashy as possible, literally and figuratively. But often that's at odds with conversion. Have you found instances where a more restrained presentation actually results in better conversion? Oh, yes, absolutely. In fact, when I had this epiphany uh, about a year ago that I'm really not creative, <laughs> that I, it's, I'm really that the way that most people think of creativity is not me. And I've hired a lot of people who are creative, but I don't think creativity uh, in, in sort of being, you know, clever and, um, and, um, and beautiful and having just a play on words or any of that is, is really, you know, I don't think that that is appropriate for conversion. People are, are in decision mode and they just really want to know what are they buying? What's in it for them? What are they being asked of in return, and why they should trust their client? And so, creativity, you know, is um, I think in the, in the typical sense is, is not really appropriate there. I completely agree with you. And in, uh, in the, this presentation that this workshop that I just finished at Emetrics, you know, I always say that if you have creative people. Tell them to leave their creativity at the door when they come to work. I mean, all creative types get into it because they want to have some kind of challenge and something new, and they're tired of designing the same old form with the same old rounded call-out box and, and you know green button with a little gel treatment on it, and they want to do something different. And that different usually is worse or non-conventional or attention-grabbing, and it undermines conversion. So, you know, go get your nipples pierced or go to a rave. <laughs> go to a rave or whatever, but get all of that out before you come to work and don't inflict it on your employer. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, I think that it's, that, that, that that's why a lot of creative types really don't succeed um, in this in this arena, and I think that's why there's still a huge opportunity. Yeah, and we've had to, uh, you probably found this with your own graphic designers, we have to take each of ours through about a six-month orientation process because, before they can really internalize the philosophy and understand from a usability and a conversion and a kind of user-centered standpoint w what they should be doing. Exactly. I, I try to hire designers that really are, are excited about the idea of actually being a marketer and not, you know, not being just a designer. I want them to, you know, get really turned on by data and excited about business side of things. And I, I think um, rather than just, you know, interested in, in the purely visual. Yes, there definitely has to be a, a business focus and a psychological understanding, ability mm -hmm. to have empathy and put yourself in the shoes of others. Well, great. Uh, we're going to take another break here. This is your host, Tim Ash for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. More LPO, Landing Page Optimization in just a moment. 
Want to learn the biggest asset to driving online success? Let me introduce you to my expert advisor, PixelSilk. PixelSilk is a robust content management system built on a foundation to create online marketing success. It's the only content management system that offers keyword-specific SEO advice, can integrate with your shopping cart system, and offer multi-site management. PixelSilk frees my time while making my company's website easy to manage and promote. Even better, PixelSilk has been embraced by the SEO community. I'm Bruce Clay, and PixelSilk is the first CMS I have ever felt good about recommending. With this winning combination, we have all the tools we need. PixelSilk.com, the ultimate in SEO-driven CMS. XY7 if yes, yo, pay me. No if, ands, or maybes. Get paid daily. Make a mad dash. Sign up is a flash. Quickly convert the clicks into cash. Affiliate marketing network is first place. I cut to the chase. It's all performance based. Listen to what I'm telling you. Cause this what you better do. Join as a publisher and maximize your revenue. Think we agreed that money is what you need. Indeed, you can get paid from sales and leads. Not one thing lacking. Don't get it cracking. Even comes with state of the art tracking. Ready to start? You can do it a couple ways. 866-XY7-PAYS. It's toll free. Tell me what you waiting on. So log on to XY7.com. So you're telling me your affiliate program on the local Pages Affiliate Network is performing as well as your handicap? Absolutely. Thanks to their top-tier XML feed, I'm able to monetize all of my traffic. They handle all of my volume to anywhere in the world. Plus, I also get high cost per click and the most exclusive of advertisers to work with. You should join the club. Sounds good. I can't wait to join. But first, let's work on that tee shot. Use the power of local pages with over 5 billion searches per month and the largest database of paid search listings. Let Local Pages Affiliate Network personalize your account and give you the search tools and solutions you need. Become a Local Pages Affiliate today with localpages.com. Watch your shopping cart overflow because you found the Ecom Experts. Ecom Experts, Mondays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, or on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to LPO, Landing Page Optimization, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's Tim Ash. And we're back. This is Tim Ash, your host for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. And this week, my guest is Brooks Bell from Brooks Bell Interactive. And we're talking about the politics and practicalities of split testing in large companies. Um, Brooks, I wanted to ask you a question about... uh, the traffic sources that you use because one of the things you mentioned is that you actually will split test emails and we tend to stay away from emails traffic because it's usually very spiky Uh, can you talk to that and some of the precautions you try to take to mitigate that sure I I agree that fresh traffic is is um, fresh repeatable stable traffic is is very important for long-term testing and uh, but on the flip side for companies that are brand new to testing I think email is such an easy place for them to start I think what we usually try to do is um, start by at least knowing whether or not uh, tracking which tests different uh, uh, which names have been exposed to so at least we know what what the damage is to the list second thing is we only do it with uh, adequately adequately large uh, uh, lists that we can do a reasonable amount of testing before uh, 
before they, we've gone through the whole thing. Um, the third thing is we use it often for launch testing where there's only going to be you know, a single you know, um, email campaign and we can easily test it on a smaller, smaller um, portion of the list before rolling out the big one. And then fourth, we, our, our most common testing with uh, email is newsletters so that uh, it is kind of a, a you know a, something that's ongoing and and people will have seen um, been as exposed to previous designs but but the email is um, in a way having a fresh newsletter um, a tweaked design actually really helps newsletter performance so it's a win-win yeah, well, and again, I just want to, for those people that aren't familiar with it, I mean, the, the problems with email are, one, that they really depend on steady traffic from the same traffic sources. So when you do one big spiky drop, it depends on the day of the week and how often that list has been emailed to and, and a lot of other factors that have nothing to do with the actual uh, format of it or, or what you're testing. So that's the danger, and uh, say there's there's lots of ways to, to mitigate that, but... Be careful in testing that email. Yep, absolutely. I think that there are definitely a lot of uh, outside factors that can totally invalidate the, the test that you have to be careful of. Great. Let's let's um, talk a little bit about uh, the kind of – I'm always asked this question. I'm sure you are too. I'm always asked about the silver bullet. What should I test and, you know, what – always improves results and the answer is usually nothing but uh, you have to test everything but there must be some common themes that have emerged for you about what the elements of the page to test or the or even specific things that that most of the time in most circumstances improve results so give our listeners some some tips about uh, what works most of the time uh sure yeah well we often what i've learned is that the biggest thing that marketers forget is to have a value proposition. It is amazing to me that that maybe only 25% of the marketing materials I see out there have a value proposition at all. And that is the most important thing that you can have on your page. So if you don't have a value proposition, that's the number one thing I would look at. And that should be your headline or, you know, or the, the body copy as well. But um, headline testing is, is a great first thing to look at. Uh, second of all, um, having a I kind of I do this kind of I think it's uh, kind of joking, but I think having a really big button is uh, is another huge thing to add. Um, if they don't, if you if there is a call to action and, and a next step, then making putting that button right in the middle of your eye path uh, and making it look really clickable and um, and uh, and uh, appealing. Another and make it bigger than you think it needs to be. The third thing is uh, is bullets. Try to use bullets. Um, they're much easier to read, and 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 focus on benefits rather than features. Well, that, that's all great advice, and it seems like uh, you know I have lots of guests on the show. I ask them similar question, and it seems like it comes back to kind of direct marketing best practices, which have been around for decades. And instead of reinventing the wheel and pretending that the internet is so, so new and unique, we just need to kind of stick to our knitting. Would you say that's true? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't understand why the direct marketing, you know, industry isn't already, you know, all over, you know, online conversion. I think it's just amazing. There's so much great, you know, uh, intelligence out there about how to do this that hasn't, um, you know, that we haven't converted, you know, we're not necessarily using uh, as best that we could in this industry. So uh, I guess to, to kind of summarize your tips, it would be to 
test the important stuff on the page, such as the headline and the call to action, and to keep uh, body copy short. Uh, I would also add to that just visual distractions in general. Anything that doesn't visually support the conversion action should be taken off the page. Yep, having one message. Try to keep your message to one. It's amazing. And we, we suffer from this even ourselves. It's really hard not to do it. But you try to get across too many messages in a single treatment. Well, terrific. That's all very useful advice. Uh, Bricks, are, are you or your company going to be attending or presenting at any shows coming up here that our readers might want to meet you at or our uh, listeners? Well, I will – let's see here. Um, I will be over at the Responses Leaders Forum uh, next week, actually, in uh, San Jose. or San, Actually, it's in San Francisco. And I will then be off to the – uh, to Newport, Rhode Island, uh, to to save journalism at <laughs> the Newport Symposium, getting together with a, uh, with actually the founder of the TED conferences and a few other people to see what we can do about that. Oh, that's a pretty uh, noble uh, <laughs> tilting and windmills. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> it's only going to take one day, you know. We just. <laughs> Well, terrific. Thank you for being on our show. Uh, We have had a a great interview with uh, globetrotting Brooks Bell. Uh, Always a pleasure, and I hope to see you on the the show circuit. Thanks, Brooks. Thanks so much, Tim, Tim, for having me. I I really enjoyed it. Uh, This has been your host, Tim Ash of SiteTuners for LPO, Landing Page Optimization. Tune in next week for more provoking interviews with thought leaders and tips on how to skyrocket your conversion rate. 